Welcome to the first of a two-part series Dan and I are doing about the greatest athletes of all time. Today, we're going to be talking about which one exemplifies the greatest competitive spirit in all of sports. Today on The GOAT. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The GOAT the show where we debate the greatest sports questions of all time and let you decide. I am your host, Jeff Lambert. Today, I am joined, well, as always, by my co-host, the man who knows how to endure it all, Mr. Daniel Duran. Dan, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. Uh, uh, had a pretty good day. Um, just excited to get underway with this topic. Um, it's, it's a pretty interesting topic because there's got so many people we can choose. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to get into this. How about you, Jeff, man? How, how you doing? Man? Oh, it's good. End of quarter for those of you who work in any of the uh, business uh, sector industries. Uh, everything's coming to an end here at the end of the month of the quarter. So things have been crazy. But hey, we're fitting in the time right now to be able to do these episodes. It's important for us to try and stay on a schedule so you can expect us to be on time with our delivery of new shows. And Dan, we had a tough time with this one because we started off our, our topic today. We're talking about the greatest competitor. We started off with the greatest athlete. And as we were doing our research, we were like, this is a big topic. We're going to have to cut this into two pieces, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you can't just say, you know, greatest athlete because that means so much, right? And then when you do greatest athlete, are we talking one sport? We're talking all sports. So, I mean, yeah, there's absolutely no way we could just bunch this one topic into one section. Yeah, so consider this the first of a two-part series on the greatest athlete of all time. Today we're talking about competitive, ugh, competitive spirit, excuse me, who's the greatest competitor of all time. And then next week we're going to be doing who's the greatest athlete the greatest athletic talent of all time. So we're cutting it into two pieces. Uh, we certainly would appreciate your feedback as we go, as we always do. Dan, before we get into our argument for today, can you quickly just go over the format for anybody who's listening for the first time? Of course, man. So in order for this not to be chaotic and we can have some sort of semblance of order, what we do is we flip a coin and then we take turns presenting our arguments. And while one person is presenting, the other person stays quiet no matter how bad they want to chime in. Then each of us gets a chance to counterpoint to weaken the opponent's argument. Then we ask the fans, you guys, to vote on the debate to see who really won. So it's not up to us. It's up to you guys. Yep. That about sums it up, folks. So that's the structure we use for those of you who have been with us for the first three episodes. We're keeping with it because it seems to be working. So with that said, now that you understand how the show works, we go into recapping the winner of last week's episode, as we always do. So let's do our little drum roll so I can give you the results. And the winner was... Uh, oh, of course, of course, Jeff. Gymnastics. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, as much as it pains me to share these results with you. With seven of you voting in, gymnastics won 100% of the vote. I didn't get a single love vote <laughs> for water polo, which is really frustrating. People, come on. I thought I made a, a half-decent argument, but Dan... As we have said in previous episodes, I tip my hat to you. A good job laying out why gymnastics was the superior option. How are you feeling after this win? Man, I'm feeling good, but you know what? I kind of <laughs> I kind of thought going into this one, I maybe had an edge because I don't 
I'm not sure if any of our listeners have actually watched a water polo match. Um, and while everything you said was true as far as how hard the sport is, you know, I, I was pretty confident that um, I might have I might have gotten this one. Uh, but it was it was good though. You 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 made some points that had me a little worried for a little bit, but. Uh, the people have spoken. Yeah. What can I say? Maybe I went a little too obscure for this one. It's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> choosing like what the greatest manly sport is and choose lumberjack, you know, cutting or something like where it's just so That's out so there. Funny. But uh, hey, it was a good debate. We're appreciated. We're appreciative of the feedback that we got. So here we are. We're ready for another episode. Before we move forward into the debate, Dan, we did get some some feedback, not as much as we would like, but we did get some comments from the fans, the listeners, the users. Let's talk a little bit about that. All right. Well, you know, um, you know, we, we love to hear from you guys to see how we did, um, give us feedback on how we could do better. Um, this time, like, you know, uh, Jeff said, we didn't get as many comments as we wanted. We got one though, mm -hmm. um, from Esther. And for you guys who do not know, uh, <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. My, my mom was the one comment, and um, just like a mom, she says, you guys are getting better as time goes by. Congratulations. I really enjoy your debates. The third one, Daniel won. Thanks, mom. I know at least I have my mom's support, but when she says the third one, Daniel won, it makes me believe that my mother did not vote for me for the second one, you know, and I think right? that's what a good mom does, right? Like she's always going <laughs> to love you, man, but she's got to go with the right choice in these debates. And oh, Esther, I just want to point out, I love your flan. The, the chicken that you make is delicious. You really were <laughs> my favorite out of all of the other friends, moms. So just keep that in mind when you vote for this episode and in future ones, oh, you hold a special place in my heart. You, you voted, you voted, you, you voted hear that. My man is trying to woo my mother on his side. Um, but, you know, just like every episode, we rely on your voting each episode. Um, so follow us on social media, uh, the social media links to do so. Without you, this is just chaos. We really can't have this winner because at the end of the day, if no one's voting, it's literally my word versus his word. Um, and uh, we won't end up finding out who won. So in, for future episodes, suggest us topics. Yes. Uh, um, feedback on the episodes. Uh, uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Our YouTube is Goat Sports Pod, or email us at goatpodcast at hotmail.com. At hotmail. Not Gmail, not Yahoo, not Livewire. Livewire. Not. Do you don't remember Livewire? No. Oh, what is that? Oh, you remember. It's because you're almost 40. <sighs> yeah, but you're right there with me, so. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, I got no hair and I got gray in my beard now. It's terrible. Yeah. This is why we keep it from non-4K so y'all don't have to see it for those of you who join us on the YouTube channel. <laughs> but, yeah, YouTube, social media, whatever it is, leave us a comment. We're, we're probably going to feature it, especially if you decide mm. to criticize this guy over here. You know, oh, we'll definitely oh, feature man. that. But, uh, yeah, thank you for the feedback. Keep it coming. We want more. We want to hear from you so we can figure out how to improve things. So, real quick, before we get into the debate, Dan, we have to do our – uh, tradition here at the beginning of each episode where we talk about those goat picks for this month. And we have some new products. Last month we had some for uh, July. We have some new ones. So, Dan, I'm going to start with you. What is your goat pick for this month? 
My goat pick for this month is Dude Wipes. For you guys who don't know, Dude Wipes is not your ordinary bidet attachment. Iffy about using wipes um, (laughs) after relieving myself, right? And then I tried Dude Wipes and literally my life changed. My life changed after using dude wipes because you feel clean. It gets everything. Um, it, and it's toilet flushable. Those who use baby wipes, usually they're not toilet flushable. It says it right on there, but dude wipes are toilet flushable, gets everything and you can get it medicated. You can get minty fresh, which trust me, it sounds weird, but you feel amazing. Or you could just get the plain wipes. I suggest. Go out there, get dude wipes. Trust me, I just changed your life. You're welcome. Right. Well, that's a new one, and it sounds you made it sound so intriguing. I kind of want to go pick up a pack myself. So thank you for that. For my pick for this month, I'm going with a product called the Bridge Stone Pro Docking Station. I know it's a long name, but trust me, this is something you're going to want to get, especially for computers nowadays. I wish I could turn my camera around so I could show you because I have one right here, and I love this product. So there's this new trend lately with new computers. It's all about how late they are, how long the battery lasts. And while we've gained in that area, unfortunately, the casualty has been ports on our computer. So a lot of times, whether it's Microsoft or Apple, there is just not as many ports as we need, especially if you're doing like heavy productivity stuff. So what the Bridgestone Pro Dock does is it allows you to very easily get a wide range of ports and to plug it into just one port in your computer. And it's very easy to be able to carry around and to be able to use as a way for you to get all kinds of options that you probably don't have on an Ultrabook or a MacBook. So let me just give you the rundown. You're going to get USB-A ports. You're going to get USB-C ports. You're going to get an HDMI port, two of them, actually. You're going to get a display port. You're going to get an SD card reader. You're going to get all of these different options that are going to allow you, with whatever you have, to be able to plug it into this dock and expand that capability of your laptop. I highly recommend this device to be able to expand your functionality of your computer And it's for a good price as well, especially compared to the other ones. And take it from someone who went through a lot of docks over the past couple of years. There are some really bad ones out there. They either die quickly or they don't work properly. Like if you plug in one USB-A, the other ones don't work. The compatibility is off. This one's great. You can load it up with, I mean, I have have about eight things plugged Mm. in right now to this dock, Dan all through USB-C, and bam, this thing is still smooth. It's great. So I recommend the Bridgestone Pro docking station for your next purchase to expand your laptop's capability. So that concludes our goat picks for this week. Oh, for man. those of you who want to know what this thing looks like, because I almost forgot. That's this pretty is what cool, the Stone man. Pro looks I might like. have to get that course. myself because, My like goodness. you said, it's with a good new piece. technology, it means we don't get as many uh, docking things and things to plug into. So yeah, man, that's, that's a must have. I think it's worth it. It's a hundred percent worth it. It's one of the best purchases I've made in the past couple of years, just because it's, it's really allowed me to be able to expand what I'm doing. So, and bridge has been a good product, uh, a good company to work for. Their customer (laughs) service has been great. When I got my very first one, I had an issue with the battery pack and I was like, what is this company? What is going on? I sent them an email the very same day. They shipped me out a new one. 
set everything up. No questions asked. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. They really cared about my business. They followed up and asked me how it was working. I appreciate that, especially in a sea of companies that don't really seem to put customer service that is a priority. So you can also trust that the company's going to be there to help you if something goes wrong. So that concludes our goat picks for this week, ladies and gentlemen. So that brings us to the, the coin toss, the way we begin all of our debates. So as the person who presses I am the button, ready. I have no choice but to defer to Daniel. Fails never fails. Call it in the air. You ready, sir? Ha! <laughs> Heads again. <laughs> I want you to know, would, ladies and gentlemen, I, I use a web a web platform, a website that a browser web. app, maybe? <laughs> web tool? Oh yeah. It's a coin it's a virtual coin flip. Yeah. We're getting old, man. We don't even know what to call these things anymore. We, I use a, a website that allows me to uh, to do a virtual coin toss, as Dan so eloquently put it. And I upload a new one every week. I'm riding a hot streak with this. I don't know if that's good or bad because I lost last week. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we will jump into our debate this week. Who is the greatest competitor in sports? Michael Jordan. Our choices are I went with Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Daniel went with Michael Jordan. This is going to be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. So let's jump into my choice, Mr. Thomas Brady. Here we go, folks. Look, to me, being the greatest competitor means that this person, this individual is willing to do whatever it takes to win. That's the mark of a true competitor. Someone who's going to sacrifice their time, someone who's going to sacrifice their body, someone whose goal is purely to win. That is what the focus is. And Tom Brady is the greatest athletic competitor of all time. Why? As I always do, I'm going to break it down into three reasons for you. Number one, for Tom Brady, he had to sacrifice more than Michael Jordan to stay competitive. Let me explain why. Michael Jordan was an amazing athletic talent. I can't even question that because we all know this. And this is a tough debate to have. But Michael Jordan couldn't do it alone to win his rings and to reach that top tier of competitive success. But Tom Brady couldn't either, right? There's a difference, though. And the difference is it takes a lot more pieces to win a ring in football than in basketball. Just think about this for a second. Brady needed just five guys alone around him, his offensive line, just to be able to stay healthy and throw the ball. Michael Jordan needed five guys, you know, a couple stud guys and a couple role guys to help him win. But we're not counting in all the other players that Brady needed to be successful. He needed a strong defense. He needed strong offensive weapons. The list goes on. And so I would point out to you for my first point, that Tom Brady had to overcome a lot more to be able to, to win the rings as opposed to Michael Jordan. Reason number two, Dan, to make sure he could win, Tom Brady put his own financial well-being on the line. And that is the mark of why, again, he is the greatest competitor. Jordan did not have to do what Brady did in terms of sacrificing his finances in order to continue to be competitive. Dan Brady was never the highest paid QB in the NFL. At no point in his career was he ever the highest paid player, let alone the highest paid QB. 
And we all know that he should have been at least during certain stretches in his career. Why was this the case? Because Tom Brady always was the guy that was willing to take a smaller contract or he would restructure his deals so the team could have more money to stay competitive. How many players would do that? Almost none. And Jordan didn't. So that's reason number two. Reason number three. Tom Brady had to consistently play in situations where Every game was game seven. It was always on the line. There's no best of five. There's no best of seven in the NFL. All of Brady's rings, all of Brady's playoff wins, they came from his ability, his competitive spirit to be the best player on the field for that one game that he had in front of him. He didn't have the luxury of losing a game three and waiting for the series to come back to home court like Jordan did. Brady had to put it on the line every game because if he didn't win, that was it. And Dan, as a bonus to round out my debate, you always say that you you love the stats, right? Yeah. So let's go with stats to finish my debate, my argument here. Great competitors win championships, right? Tom Brady, seven championship rings. Michael Jordan, six. Oh man, you I'll know, leave this it is at tough that. because Tom Brady yeah. was a, 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 a top you, pick of mine, right? I, I, I really wanted to choose him being from New England area. I feel it. And it hurts me that I'm just going to have to demolish this argument. It hurts me to my soul that I'm going to have to put Tom Brady in his place, not Ooh. in the category of greatest competitor. So as I do that, my colleague made some remarkable statement. He said Tom Brady had to overcome more. Well, first and foremost, there's not as many teams in the NFL. There's not as much work being done as the QB play one side of the ball. He didn't play some of the greatest teams of all time, such as the Boston Celtics and Los Angeles Lakers. Jordan played arguably Magic Johnson, one top three. You got you, you play a uh, uh, bird top five, whatever you want to call it. So to say that Tom Brady had to overcome more with sixteen weeks and some extra weeks, if you know you make the playoffs, playing only a few handful of teams, when Jordan had seventy some games to play, and then to go to the playoffs and win, come on. Then, financial well-being. You know why he took that pay cut? Because his whole career, Giselle made three times as much as he did. She highest paid model in the world. Championships. Tom Brady is still played in the NFL. Good, mind you. Competitive, mind you. Jordan didn't play as long. He did more in less time, one could say. But anyway, these are the false claims my... My co-host would have you believe that makes him better competitive. But like I said, numbers don't lie. And although this is a very hard uh, topic to just put the numbers, let's talk about Michael Jordan's competitiveness, right? I'm going to split this in two categories. Competitiveness in his field of sport and how that competitive drive drove him outside of his field of sport. All right. One time, 
Michael Jordan psyched out the whole Washington Bullets team by by smoking cigars in their parking lot as they pulled in. What we know is that you know Red Arbaugh kind of started this. When you when when you won a championship, <laughs> you would light up a stogie, you would smoke. My man, preemptively during the playoffs, started lighting a cigar. Michael Jordan did not care about the tradition of winning a championship. Chris Webber shared the story, right? And he said that one time, as the bullets were rolling up into the game in Chicago during the Bulls' legendary 72-10 and 10 season, where they were greeted as they're coming off the bus by Michael Jordan, lighting the cigar as they're coming out, not waiting at all. He wanted him to see. He had a way to psych players out. One time, Muggsy Bogues says that Michael Jordan single-handedly broke his jump shot by talking trash. It was a one-on-one situation, as Muggsy Bogues tells it. And Muggsy Bogues is ready to pull up. And Michael Jordan says, shoot the ball, you effing midget. Muggsy Bogues airballed. And Muggsy Bogues claims that ever since then, he had never been able to shoot the ball the same. He once destroyed a young man named O.J. Mayo and another high school prospect in one-on-one at the age of 43. We're talking about a grown man destroying high schoolers. During the game, he was telling Shaq exactly where he was going to score on his teammates. Magic Johnson once said during the Dream Team Exhibition Masters practice that his team was winning one time. He was telling this to Jimmy Kimmel. And, he, and when his team was winning, he, he looks at Jordan and says, if you don't turn to Air Jordan, we're going to blow you out today. Michael Jordan proceeded to lead his team to a comeback, hitting consecutive three-pointers, staring down Magic Johnson, and the coup de grace was a 360 dunk on David Robinson. One time during practice or an altercation, he decided he wanted to give Steve Kerr a black eye. Another time, a teammate of his called Will Perdue. Will Perdue was about seven feet tall, twice the size of Michael Jordan. Will Perdue one time did an illegal scream. Michael Jordan got up, Mm -hmm. punched him in the face. Jordan was so competitive that he even heckled a fan who heckled him during the game. As the story goes, Michael Jordan scored on John Stockton. The fan says, pick on someone your own size. So Michael Jordan found the biggest guy on the court, Mel Turpin, 6'11", and proceeded to dunk on him, turned to the fan and said, is that big enough? On another occasion, Reggie Miller had outscored Jordan during the half at halftime by six points and said, there's a new man in town. Jordan didn't like that. He proceeded to score 40 points in the second half while Miller only scored two. After the game, he gave Miller some advice. He said, be sure and be careful to never talk to black Jesus like that. Jordan once scored 69 points on Craig Elo and told him every single time where he was going to score from. 
He shut down a young man named Allen Houston because he was the number one scorer when they lost an exhibition match against the college players. When they rematched, Jordan guarded him the whole game, and Allen Houston failed to even touch the ball. We all know the bad boys Pistons gave it to Michael Jordan for a few years. So Michael Jordan, in his competitive nature, decided during the offseason that, th- that he would put on 15 pounds of muscle because his competitive nature would not allow him to lose to the Detroit Pistons again. Flu game. Where he scores 38 points with a fever, barely been able to move and willing his team to win. Flugan. But like I said, I have two sides, right? His, his competitive nature transcended basketball, right? Off the court, he once cheated in cards to a teammate's mom, right? As the story goes, Jordan would go through any lengths to win. And one time he's playing cards with a teammate's mom. And when she goes up to the bathroom, he switches the chips in order to get the edge. Another time. He bribed baggage handlers at an airport to win a bet. He made the bet whose bag would come out first. Well, his, well, his teammates didn't know that that man bribed the baggage handlers to make sure his, his stuff came out first. There was a time he wagered $100,000 on rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> as, as, as it would happen, right, people would lose money. In cards, dice, and he would say, "Hundred if you if you lost a hundred grand, he would say hundred grand, one game of rock paper scissor." Another time, he bet three hundred thousand dollars on a single putt. He told Ch- Charles Barkley, "He once lost a match to a golf to Chuck Daly. He 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 banged every room in the hotel rooms until he found Chuck Daly in order to get a rematch. And as the story goes, he actually ended up winning." Now, this is a crazy one. He once lost a match at ping pong to Christian Leitner during the Olympics. He was so mad that he threw his paddle to the ground and didn't talk to anybody for two days over a ping pong match. What people did not know was that Jordan bought a table, brought it to his room, and for two days, he practiced nonstop. And when he rematched Leitner three days later, he destroyed Leitner 21 to 4. One time with the late Kobe Bryant. He had a dinner with him. My man's retired. Kobe's playing. And he tells Kobe, I would have whooped your behind in our prime. He starts trash talking Kobe like something could be done now. The fact of the matter is that Michael Jordan, competitive on and off the court. Some would Say that's not competition. He has a gambling problem. I know the argument's coming. But I'm trying to tell you, he only had a gambling problem because he was so competitive. Without that competitive spirit, there would be no gambling problem. Michael Jordan, hands down, driven by competition. He did not enjoy the game of basketball. He lived for the competition. And with that, remember, folks, it's not who won more championships. It's not who you surrounded yourself or what you had to go through. The point is, who is the greatest competitor? And that's Michael Jordan. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So you've heard Daniel's take, 
his side of the argument. You've heard mine. So before we jump into our counterpoints where we're going to get a chance to kind of sway you in terms of poking holes in the other individual's approach, we're going to take a quick commercial break for some sponsors so we can make a little cheddar. So we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The GOAT, where we debate the greatest questions in sports and let you decide. Dan and I just went through the opening round of trying to make our cases for the greatest competitor in sports, Tom Brady or Michael Jordan. Now, Dan called the coin toss. I won, so I went first. He left off with his debate points about why Michael Jordan should be the greatest. So that means I get to start this round in terms of the counterpoints. And Dan, you get to have the last word, which in some ways I think is better, but let's see how this shakes out. So let's jump into some comments I have for you, Mr. Duran, about uh, some of the points you made about both Brady and Jordan. And I just want to start off with pointing out some things from your initial opening argument. Number one, it seems to me like your definition of the greatest competitor in sports is someone who's a bully or a flashy player or a gambling addict or a sore loser. I I don't equate any of these things to being the greatest competitor in sports. As I said before, in I, my opening salvo with Tom Brady, to me, the greatest competitor in sports is someone who does whatever it takes to win. With a lot of these things, these were... These were petty, Dan. These were just someone who wasn't able to control their temper, someone who couldn't be a gracious loser. It didn't amount to winning when it mattered. It just amounted to him being the biggest guy in the room. And that's no respect to Michael Jordan. Well, I guess it kind of is disrespect to Michael Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan, if you're watching this, I know you are. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think my point stands. You don't have to be some of the things that you pointed out to be the greatest competitor. So I just want to point that out to the listeners. Number two. Jordan, oh, this is going to be controversial. Jordan played some great players to get his rings, right? We know this. And some of those guys were in their prime. But I think we also have to remember this is the age before the super team, right? This is the age where you had maybe one, maybe two, if you were lucky guys, on a squad competing against this super steroid and I'm not saying that in the literal sense. I'm saying that in like the talent sense. Super team, the Chicago Bulls. Let's run down the list real quick, Dave. Dan, in their first three-peat in 1990, they beat the Lakers, right? The Lakers were led by Magic Johnson, but this was also Magic Johnson at the tail end of his career. And a year before, we found out that he had AIDS. So there's that. In 91, they beat the Blazers, who had Clyde Drexler. And that's pretty much it in terms of big players. In 90, well, in the next, because I'm screwing up my timelines. In 90-91, they beat the Lakers. In 91-92, they beat the Blazers. In 92-93, they beat the Suns. And that was when Charles Barkley had his MVP season. But again, that was a thin roster that went against the Bulls. Okay? And then you look at the second three-peat. They were able to uh, defeat the Sonics. And that was a good Sonics team. I can't even hate on that year. That was that was Peyton. That was um, Sean Kemp. That was That was a good lineup. So... Credit there, I can't say much. And then they beat the Jazz twice with Malone and Stockton. So, again, I can't say much there. But we know Bill Simmons, who I appreciate as a basketball historian, has time and time again said the 1990s were one of the weakest decades in the NBA. So, again, if we're talking about greatest competitor, 
Brady came up during arguably the decade where we had the most talented quarterbacks in NFL history, whereas Jordan won his championships on a super team during an era he didn't have to face the 80s Lakers. He didn't have to face the 80s Celtics. He didn't have to face these super teams. So I just want to throw that out there as my second point to make a minor correction. And then, sir, you had the gall to bring Giselle into this argument. Really? Really? So let me just correct the the argument here, okay? Brady didn't take his pay cuts because Giselle was making a lot of money. And even if that were true, it wouldn't have been until later on in his career. Because Brady started in 2001. He won his first Super Bowl ring in 2001 against the greatest show on turf, the Rams. He didn't marry Giselle till 2009. That's after he's got three rings in his pocket, right? So I just want to make that point as well. A couple other things I want to bring up. Look, Brady won with some really horrible teams. His number one receiver during their fourth Super Bowl ring was Rache Caldwell. That was a guy who never made a Pro Bowl in his life and was out of the league three years later. He, this guy was able to win again by putting these teams on his back and doing it in game sevens every single playoff game. Jordan, I mean, goodness, he put that Bulls team on his back and he made it to the conference finals twice, but he didn't win any rings until Pippen showed up. Let's not forget that, okay? Number two, let's, well, yeah, let's go there. When it comes to winning against winning teams, Tom Brady has that by a mile and a half. His record against winning teams is over 600. Jordan's is actually under 500. So when it came to playing winning teams, it's very clear who brought their competitive spirit more. And then I guess... You know what? I'm going to stop there. I think that I have clearly made my case to the listeners about why Brady is clearly, clearly the most competitive athlete, the greatest competitive athlete that's ever lived. So I'm going to I'm going to step back because I want to hear some of the things you, know, you have to say about why Jeff Brady is not. You should have so I'm going been to turn it over to lawyer. you, sir. Please the do. way you try to sway the argument to obscure the real facts is amazing because if I didn't know better, if I did not know better, I would be like, wow, wow, Jeff is right. But the fact of the matter is, is that I know better, right? He Once again, folks, he tried bringing up the moral argument of a, being a bully and a temper. If a player had no competitive uh, spirit, would there ever be a temper? Right. No, you'd just be a mad person for no reason. And let's not talk about temper. Tom Brady, has anyone looked at that man on the sideline? Wait, you're, you're talking about temper? He's a guy who will start screaming at his team while you're winning. Okay, so let's not talk about temper. Now, you could have used that, but that's part of your competitive edge. But we're talking about temper here. You're not even talking about competitive edge. So we have to separate that, right? According to you. They don't go hand in hand, so we, we can't say, oh, Tom Brady's competitive, and that's why he's so angry on the sidelines. No, he's just a bully, yelling at everybody, all right? The man's one of the biggest babies I've ever seen. Every time he, he, he gets tapped, he yells at the ref, flag, and he gets it. Now, don't get me wrong. Jordan had referees in his pocket, so I'm not saying that. My point is that that man, Brady, literally takes a fall almost, and it hurts me to say this because Tom Brady's my man, but he takes a fall and he looks at the ref and wondering why he didn't get a flag. That's because no one touched you, bro. That's not competitiveness. That's, that's soft. Okay? Then he talks about players he had to go through that, the, that, the, that his era was the best QBs of all time. Like, he played defense against QBs. 
Who won those games? A kicker twice. Not him. A kicker saved them twice. His defense somehow. Don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's never had an uh, amazing defense. I'm. I. I. I I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the Patriots are are well known for their defense. They might be a little bit during the beginning of the season, and for some reason, the defense always falls off. But everyone who knows football knows that defense wins games. Yes, you can have amazing QBs, but defense wins games. Right. And that defense bailed Tom Brady more than once. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing. Tom Brady goes to the drive, you know, at the very last minute because he couldn't cut it at the beginning of the game. So the end of the game, he has to do an amazing drive and yes, bail his team out. But if it wasn't for that defense, guess what? Tom Brady get no ring. Tom Brady never stopped Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady never stopped any other QB. No, that was his defense who, who helped him out. Because, because we don't say, Oh, Tom Brady failed against Eli Manning. We don't say that. We say the defense choked. But why, why don't we bring that up, right? It's because defense matters. So so when you talk about, oh, Jordan, you have to go through these players, Jordan had to play both ends of the court, right? And he was all defensive first team several times. Tom Brady never won defensive anything, right? Because basketball is a sport where you play both sides, right? You can't just be good at one side. You have to be good at both sides, especially if you're going to be considered the greatest of all time in, in said sport, right? So players he didn't go through. So, yes. Jordan in the 90s played a handful of great players. You know, that's a big knock on him when you talk about greatest basketball player of all time. And I understand that. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about competitiveness, right? Jordan had a flu game. Guess what? Tom Brady's out for three weeks. He has the flu. Oh, I'm out for three weeks. I'm going on vacation with my family. Hot wife. Model. Yeah, you can't rebuttal. I know you want to, but you can't. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan uh, um, came back early from a foot injury that they said you can actually ruin your career if you come back and play. And he did it anyway. Why? Because his competitive edge wants him to will his team into the playoffs and continue to win, right? Jordan, time and time again, took the last shot because he had such a competitive draft that he literally did not allow his team to lose. Literally, if you know anything about Michael Jordan, he willed winning teams. Like you say, well, uh, uh, Tom, uh, Michael Jordan didn't win without Scottie Pippen. Absolutely right. But did Tom Brady ever, you know, without Gronk, without an Edelman, without a go-to guy? No, he's never won without a go-to guy. Stop, 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 stop. He's never won without a go-to guy, ever. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying his team was great, especially his first one. He didn't have a great team. But he had a go-to guy. Jordan had Pippen. You can't knock him for that. Football's a team sport. Basketball's a team sport. No one went alone. Is Tom Brady out there by himself? Is he playing defense? He's not. So you can't say Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen. Well, Tom Brady had a, a defensive line, cornerbacks, uh, had everything. So you can't you can't knock that on Jordan. Winning seven titles. Winning against teams that had winning records literally does not have anything to do with competitive spirit. You want to know why? Because once again, in football, especially in football, Tom Brady has to throw the ball and run the playbook that his offensive coordinator tells him. And his team wins. That means there's got to be stops on defense because if there's no stops on defense, are they winning the game? Tom Brady can throw a perfect game if his defense doesn't stop the ball ever, ever. Are they winning that game? No. They are not. So winning, literally, you cannot throw that all. Oh, well. Uh, uh. Hey, wait a second. Has Tom Brady lost a Super Bowl? Come on, Jeff. You can, you can speak. Speak. Has Tom Brady lost a Super Bowl? 
Oh, we have. <laughs> oh, conveniently. We have rules, sir. I'm, I'm sticking to those rules. <laughs> okay. Michael don't, Jordan don't, has Don't never change the integrity of the rules here. You make your case to game. the camera, sir. And in I'm every not championship you. game, it was him that carried the team. There has never been a question whether a kicker saved him or, or, or whatever. No. Michael Jordan, and you could, and I know the argument that Jeff wants to make right now. Well, Steve Kerr and John Paxson hit two big shots. Absolutely. But did, did Tom Brady make the play for a kicker to make the field goal to win the championship? No. He made a drive, but the kicker saved him. Then a Terry. Then a Terry saved Brady more times than I can count. So when we talk about competitive spirits, it's a person who will do, like Jeff said, Jeff said it perfectly, a person that will do anything to win. Michael Jordan will bribe people to win. Michael Jordan will cheat to win. Well, that's open debate on the on the Patriots with the Deflate Gate and stuff and uh, Spy Gate, but we're not. That's that's not what we're talking about. Michael Jordan <laughs> will do whatever it takes. He played during while having the flu. <laughs> Michael Jordan played with a, a, a broken foot. Well, it was it was almost healed. It wasn't a hundred percent, but still. He came back and doctors told him, you can ruin your career. And his competitive drive would not allow him to sit anymore. He played. Jordan would not allow his team to lose. He's the, he's probably, arguably, the greatest clutch player in the big stage ever. Arguably. Because, you know, there's a couple baseball players I can name who, for some reason, always hit home runs. Um, you can listen to rounders for that. Um but let's let's stick to the facts. Let's not talk about no moral argument, bully, anger, gambling problem. If if we want to bring those up, it's all driven by his competitive drive. That's it. You know? This is this is no this is no brainer, guys. No brainer. Don't be swayed by the cunningness of my co host, Michael Jordan. Greatest competitor. Case closed. Dan, I will agree with you on the fact that this is a very clear-cut argument. I think we just agree which side is more clear-cut. So we're going to leave that to the fans to decide. So, folks, we're going to finish off with that. You've heard both sides of the argument. You heard me argue for Tom Brady. You heard Daniel argue for Michael Jordan. Now we need your help to go on and vote. If you look in the description, if you're on YouTube, there is a link. If you look in the show notes and you're on the podcast, it's in the link. If you follow us on social media, it's in the link. If you decide to come to my house, I'll show you the link. Whatever we need to do, please hop on and vote. Leave us some comments. We, as always, are so thankful for you making us a part of your day or night. We are thankful for everything. It, it, we it, love it, doing it is. this. Uh, before we go, Dan, though, Jeff, um, what do you have going on? I us to go. What do you um, say? Outside of this, man, what do, what do you have going on? Tell me, man. Tell me. Tell me more about you. What does Jeff have going on outside of the goat? Hey. <laughs> this is why I love this guy. He keeps me on track because I completely forgot about talking about what we what we're doing outside the show. So you know, it's like uh, we we help each other out. It's my good friend here. So for me, 
if you like podcasts and even YouTube now, because I started a YouTube version of all of my shows, like as a companion, I do another podcast about baseball history. It's called Rounders. I bring up some just really exciting stories from baseball's past to talk about how it's arrived at the point that it's come to uh, some of the stories that have even helped baseball shape what America is as we know it today. So if you like history and you like baseball, just go to the podcast app of choice and type in Rounders. I'll come up. I'm the one with um, baseball I got, I, I got on the logo. Things, and real it's the quick, same thing you for got, YouTube, like, I'd love Jeff's for you to check it out. Is amazing. Dan, what about you? Um, I love baseball. It's got so much history. It's probably one of the greatest historic sports we have um, around. So if you like it, check it out. Um, for me, I got two things going on um, I want to talk about. Um, Endurance Cross Training Fitness, run by me and my wife. You see the shirt if you're watching YouTube is Endure It. It's, it's part of our merchandise that we have going on at EnduranceCrossTrainingFitness.com. We have a YouTube page. We have a Facebook page. We put workouts, um, motivational things, stuff like that. Um, if you're in the Frederick area or DMV area, we do in-person training. We do virtual training. Um, you just want a guide, whether it's nutrition or, or, or exercise routine, let us know. We'll help you out. Um, I also have Revelation Community Church. Um, for those who don't know, I am also a pastor, and we have a church that we're launching. Um, if you're, again, if you're in the Frederick area or DMV area, come check us out. Um, we'll be happy to uh, uh, welcome you as a, a place to, to be. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I got going on, Jeff. Sounds great, Dan. I mean, I wish I lived closer so I could join you for some of these, but I'll do what I can to support you from afar. And overall, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode, and we will see you on the next one.